it's time to kick out the jams, mother. Hello and welcome back to the Sleeping Situation Podcast. My name is Ivy. I'm Matt. And we're here at the table talking for you. Hey, do you know what this is? This is episode 110. It is also the first episode of season three. What does that mean? It's the first, our first episode came out two years ago. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, well, it was like two, t- like last week, I guess, last Tuesday. Oh, I don't, you always say seasons and we don't make seasons. Uh, but it's just, I guess so. Fine. I just thought it was a, a historically significant uh, point in our uh, life, and I wanted sure. to acknowledge it. Acknowledged. Okay. Consider it acknowledged. Hey, I thought of something that we should do. Okay. Um, in case there's anyone new listening to our podcast, we kind of, we don't really say what it is, and we just kind of do it. You're right. Uh, so here's what you need, here's the skinny on the Sleeping Situation <laughs> podcast. Um, I'm Matt, and that's Ivy, and we live together, and we are in a relationship, and this is our house. It's Facebook official and everything. Yes. Uh, can we say where we live? Mm. Have we? Not specifically. <laughs> this is our home address and our social security numbers. I mean, I feel it's come up enough times. Yeah. Yeah, okay, we're in Akron, Ohio. Uh, former rubber city, capital, capital city. Rubber capital of the world. Oh, no. <laughs> it is the rubber city. It's the former rubber capital of the world. Um, and this is a, uh, I guess, a variety show of sorts. Uh, we'll now get... I'll do a dance. Now. Boop, 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 What do we do here? Um, so we'll give you some updates on what's going on in our lives. Uh, recommend you some stuff. And then we will review a thing, and then we will play a game. Uh, with the occasional fun uh, extra thing thrown in. Yep, that'll do it. I, I was hoping that that whole explanation would go a lot smoother, and it would sound way cooler. Uh, but I just figured, like, maybe people started listening. Because we, like, explained all this on the first episode. Probably. And then uh, haven't talked about it since. <laughs> Season three, huh? So they might not know that we're, like, dating and living together. Well, and if they followed us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, they would. Or yeah. headed over to sleepingsituation.com. Uh, what else do we need? To, oh, we have a cat named Ray. Uh, she's very good. Uh, Ivy's, Sometimes. Ivy's writing a book. I'm in a band. I'm in a couple bands. I'm writing a couple books. Ivy's writing a couple books. Um... I think that's about it. That'll do it. Uh, everything else you can figure out with context clues, I'm sure. Uh, including the fact that uh, I'm a snob and Ivy thinks I'm messy. Oh, I was going to say, and I'm a weirdo or what? <laughs> I mean, that's your... I'm a snob. Yeah. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> so what's been... Say, that's in. that's you said it. I didn't say it. You said it. So what's been going on? Uh, not a whole lot this last week. Um, my band, The Low Siders, played a, a house sh- uh, house show on Halloween, and it was fine. 
I thought we played fine. And then I felt like garbage. So I left immediately after we were done playing. What did I literally say before we started recording? So I put my face this way. Was it not working? No, this it's a condenser microphone. It'll pick up a bug sneezing. <laughs> I think I heard a fly fart. That's an Olin Rogers for you. Yeah. I'm sorry, we can edit that out. I didn't think you could hear it. I definitely could. <laughs> Would anyone else? I'm not sure. Maybe. Uh, should I say that again? Maybe. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, so, not a lot's been going on this week. Uh, my band, The Low Siders, played a house show Halloween night. Uh, it went very okay, and then I was angry, and I felt like crap. And I left immediately after we were done playing, which is not what you're supposed to do at gigs or at parties. Uh, and it did. Oh, well. Well, if you're not feeling good, then there's no point in staying because you're not going to be any fun. Yeah, I felt terrible. Yeah. Head hurt real bad. Um, Weather's been gross is probably part of it. Yeah, it was so windy. Yeah, it was nasty that, that day. That day I was, like, carrying my stuff in and I had my base on my back, which is, like, pretty much a giant sail. <laughs> And uh, the wind caught me, and it, like, knocked me back a bit. <laughs> Not, like, entirely over. Yeah. But I felt it, for sure. Um, so we started doing a thing uh, that's the midweek top five, and I forgot again. This and, week, we'll do it. I haven't done it. You just you better do another one because I'm no. It's your turn. Apparently not reliable. I'm just gonna tell you eleven times instead of ten this time, and maybe you'll remember. You just need to be like, just grab me and throw me on the couch or something, and uh, make me do it. Okay. Um, the uh, there's a 60th anniversary celebration for the Twilight Zone coming up next week, and I can't go, and I'm upset. Boo! Uh, they're showing six episodes in the movie theater, and I would love to go see that. And they're like some of my more favorite episodes, um, and I can't go, and I'm bummed. Boo! Yeah. Uh, we need I kind of... Sorry. What? I kind of wanted to go... It's like a Fathom event that they do at the movie theaters, yeah. if you've never heard of them. It's like a special one day only, usually, or like very limited showings of something special that's not just like a movie that came out. Uh, they were doing like a... Um, a Miyazaki like film mm -hmm. festival-y thing, and I wanted to go see... Kiki's Delivery Service or something, but then I didn't go. It was well, the summer sometime. They always, because it's like a special event thing, for whatever reason, movie theaters agree to do this, and then they're like, well, we can't not show all the blockbusters. Yeah. Thanks, Marvel movies. Uh, and so they get stuck in really dumb time slots. I guess that's true. Like, the Twilight Zone thing is Thursday at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Which I guess is fine for normal people. But I work until 8. So it's like it'd be 8.30 by the time I even got there. They should do like a 7 and like a 10 or something. Right. But they don't. Boo. Yep. You should write a strongly worded letter. There's been a bunch of those that I wanted to go see. Yeah. There was one they were doing that was... Um, well, the Miyazaki would have been cool. They did uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Which I should have gone to, and I could have, and I was like, yeah, I want to stay at home tonight. And then I was at home, and I was like, well, that was dumb. I should have gone to that. Um, they did, there was one that was like, it was a documentary, it was a documentary, like, with actual footage from uh, World War II. And it was like the, um, 
bombers over Germany, mm-hmm. like the B-17s and stuff, and that would have been really cool. And I didn't go that one either. Yeah. I was just remembering, my dad sent me something, but that was just from, like, the uh, the theater in our hometown. Mm. They were showing Rear Window. What? Come when? October 14th. <laughs> it was at 7, anyway. Yeah. So I think it was, like, a night we couldn't go anyway. Man! But, yeah. I, that would be great to see in the movie theater. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I would love that. Um. Oh, well, I guess. In under, other news, <laughs> I put on a cardigan, and I feel safe. What's There's a really good Onion article that they reshare, like, every year, and it's, like, Cozy Fall Man dons cardigan and drinks warm <laughs> beverage is, like, the headline. It's, it's me. It's really good. Uh, what's been going on with you this week? I got Louis Tomlinson tickets! I got Louis Tomlinson tickets. I got Louis Tomlinson tickets. <laughs> and also, I got Louis Tomlinson tickets. Next year, June, I'm going with my friend Katie from OSU. It's going to be great. I'm dying. I'm so excited. I don't know how I'm supposed to live until then. It's not the farthest in advance I've ever bought tickets, but, man, it feels like it. Uh, When I bought my Harry Styles tickets, I bought it to the day a year before the concert. They just happened to come out on, like, it was, like, June 15th or something, Mm -hmm. and then we saw it on June 15th of the next year, and I can't believe we waited that long. It was nuts. It stresses me out, but I have the tickets, and I'm so excited. It's at the... um, the place in Pittsburgh that's like the LC that opens up. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I saw Royal Blood there. Yeah. I assume since it's in June, it's going to be like outside ways. Yeah. Um, seems about right. Uh, so that's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. Also, My Chemical Romance is getting back together, and I died again over so many times. Everything with music is good at the moment. Uh, I I also saw that Rage Against the Machine is getting back together. Everybody's getting the band I know. back together. What, what is happening? So next year, One Direction reunion concert. Banking on it. It's not going to happen. It's going to be like five more years. I'm telling you right now. Um, but someday, I do have faith that someday it will happen. The four of them, Zayn will be invited. He doesn't want to be there anyway. But the four of them will get back together at some point. And do, like, a reunion tour. Yeah. Um, uh, follow-up question. Are mm-hmm. there any bands that haven't gotten back together besides One Direction that you want to? Um, and, like, you know, if they got back together for a tour or something. Those are the big ones. I mean, those yeah. One Direction and My Chemical Romance. Um, there's not that many that are that I can think of that are broken up. Mm. You asked me too quick. I'll probably be able to think of one by, like, the end of the podcast. Yeah. Why do you have any? Um, the Smiths. Oh, that'd be cool. I would. That would be insane. I don't even think like Johnny and Morrissey are talking. <laughs> like I think it's it's real bad. It's like that clickhole where it's like uh, Simon and Garfunkel are driving trucks at each other in the desert at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, like exactly. for a reunion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have all the headlines tonight. Um, I think that would be great. Um. I would love if the White Stripes did a tour. Like, just Jack and Meg. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. I don't think Jack would do it at this point, and I don't know if anyone knows where Meg is. <laughs> I I mean, I saw the Jonas Brothers. It happened yeah. for me. I guess so. It's all happening for me. I'll, uh, pro- I'll try and think of one, but I haven't. I can't come up with any off the top of my head right now. I'm sure there's something else I yeah. can think of. I mean, the Smiths are kind of the big one. Yeah. Um... 
I don't know what else. Don't Dream know. Street. <laughs> the very short-lived boy band that Jesse McCartney was in. Get them all back together. I'm sure they're all still good. If if the Stones did a tour with Mick Taylor, I would have to think about it. Yeah. I think he's still around. Is Mick Taylor still around? Now I gotta look. The Backstreet Boys got back together too. Look, my whole life is coming together. Everything is good. I know Bill Wyman's still alive. Yeah, he's still around. Um... Yes. So if they did a if Rolling Stones did a tour with Mick Taylor and Bill Wyman again, <laughs> might go. All right. Even though Daryl Jones is a monster bass player, so I don't I don't know what my issue with that is. I thought Ronnie Wood was the bass player. No, Ronnie Wood's the guitar player. Oh, I'm confused. <laughs> I don't remember who everyone was playing when I saw them. I mean, it was Mick and Keith. Yeah. And isn't Charlie still drumming? Yeah. And I think Ronnie Wood, and I guess there's yeah. probably one other person. It's probably Daryl Jones and... Yeah. I think Ian Stewart. Is Ian Stewart still playing keyboard with them? Oh, that is look. like the most British name. Yeah. <laughs> Ian Stewart, yeah. Uh, oh, no, he died. Oh. R.I.P. Well, who's the keyboard player for the Stones now? Riveting, riveting audio content. You can play along at home. See if you can look it up before we find it. Well, if you... No, you have to know... Uh, Chuck Lavelle. What? Chuck Lavelle. Oh. Okay, there you have it. I just needed to know. Good. I should have known that. I... I don't... I don't know. Can't help you. Okay, so... Uh, the Crash and Ride podcast that I rave, rant and rave about all the time. Mm-hmm. He's a drummer, and he just did a tour with Mike Mills from R.E.M. and oh. Chuck Lavelle, who's the oh. keyboard player for the Rolling Stones, and he said it, like, every episode <laughs> the last... So you should have known. I should have known. Well, then that's on you. Um, <clears throat> yes, so other than that, uh, we finished up Halloween times. Spoops are over. <laughs> Um, I started National Novel Writing Month. It's day three, and I'm on track. I'm ahead, slightly. Uh, I'm going to ride this while it lasts. I will not be as positive, probably in a week or two. Um, but I'm trying to stay as up with it and ahead as possible. It's not been too bad, so far. I know it's only three days, but, like, it doesn't... It both is a lot and isn't, because to write about 1,600 or so words takes me like an hour, hour and a half, and it it mostly just feels like a normal writing session, but just I'm making sure I do it every day, which is not something I've ever been able to keep up every single day. Right. Um, I'll keep you honest. Yeah, I'm doing my best, and I'm like posting about it, and everybody's probably sick of it already, and it's been three days, but like... I'm trying to be, like, very holding myself accountable about it. I have, like, a lot of different places where I'm, like, checking it off a calendar when I finish it and, like, posting about it when I do it. So it's, like, I'm being public about it and I'm keeping myself honest. Um, So it's going okay. And uh, the only other story I want to tell is last night we went to our, our favorite haunt, Applebee's, and we're sitting there, and we're talking, and then all of a sudden, there's a spider in my face. 
there's like a lamp above the table, like a chandelier-y, dangly lamp. And all of a sudden, just like coming straight down on a single web, just whoop, a spider is just coming straight down towards the table. And I just lean back and go, oh my god. And a spider descended upon the table at Applebee's. And Matt hit it with the silverware. But didn't kill it, which I didn't appreciate, because then I can't be calm. Um, Ivy's leaving out an important part of this. We were talking about something, gossiping or something. (laughs) And Ivy's putting her phone in her purse, and she turns around and looks at me and goes, Oh my god! And I was like... Oh, she has some really juicy gossip or something. and the, But she was looking, like, past me. And I was like, oh, is there somebody here that we should be alarmed about? Is there something traumatic on the television? Yes, there on, was. It was a spider. Television? Also, the spider wasn't doing, like, any with his legs. He was just, like, descending. Yeah, like which a... Which I thought was really funny. Like a, like an acrobatic, like, those people that twirl around on the, the silks. Yeah. But, like, just straight down, not moving. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I uh, just kind of... I took my silverware little roll, and it just went boop, and just kind of... Swished uh, him off. Yeah, I craned him off of the table. <laughs> well, I didn't appreciate it, because all of a sudden I looked up, and there was just, like, he was at face level. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I, like, once I realized what it was, I was like, uh. <laughs> and uh, that's my time. So, you want to... Let's do questions, because we got some questions. Question time. Um, I wanted to... <laughs> Uh, I was trying to think of, like, how to song parody it a little bit more. Question time. Got to go home. How's but the song you go? can't ask here. <laughs> I know who I want to ask me something. <laughs> okay, so we got some questions today. One of them uh, just came up naturally between us last night while we were playing the Guess That Song game on Spotify. Because I said, this is the end credits song to my life. So I just thought that we would mention it, because it'd be a fun thing for other people to also, like, think about or tell us or whatever. But I was like, what would the the, the end credits song be to the movie about your life? And mine is Ready to Run by One Direction. It's the perfect soundtrack song. And it will be on my biopic one day. What was yours? Mine was uh, Either Way by Wilco. Which it's the first song off of Sky Blue Sky. And it has the most perfect guitar solo anyone has ever played ever. And, like, I have to try to not cry every time I hear it. Because it's perfect. Well, that's why it's your credit song. It's great. It would have to be, like, a, a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> or maybe, like, a... Um, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, yeah. I could feel it. I knew that's what you wanted to say. <laughs> uh, good. So, if you have... Any ideas about yours, you should tell us. Um, that's a fun, um, that's like a fun... Icebreaker type of... Well, it's it's interesting to think about, because it's like, is it your favorite song, or is it... But it has to be appropriate to put... No, yeah, the it's end an, credit end, an end credit song sounds a certain way, and maybe we can come up with the criteria for it, but like... Yeah. It has to have like a cinematic feeling to it. You know, well, we can maybe come up with it, but, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, the other questions that I have collected are from longtime listener and good time friend, Kay. And first of all, Kay wants to know what technology we use to make, record, and produce a podcast. So if you want to talk about, like, the hardware, and I can talk about, like, the software. Okay. 
Um, we have, you know, like on the RCA, Victor, there's that big horn, and the big <laughs> horn goes into a phonograph disc. I think you lost everyone at RCA, Victor, so I don't know <laughs> if this is working. That was, that was everyone a- but me is like, who? Who's Victor? <laughs> um, okay. So, hardware wise, um, I am using an Audio Technica 2035 condenser microphone. Um, I only have one of them, uh, so it's situated in between us. Um, if you could imagine the front of the microphone, the, the part where you would normally speak directly into, is suspended above the table and pointed directly up. Uh, so we're kind of both talking into it at an angle. Uh, we tried on the first episode to have it in between us, like front way and back way, except for the back is a lot quieter. Yeah, didn't really work. And so I'm real loud the whole episode, <laughs> and Ivy's real quiet. We should probably spring for another microphone at some point. Maybe. I don't think this is too bad. I don't think it's bad, but, like, having it, having them closer, I think you Like can, a microphone is supposed to be? Right, yeah, yeah like how, sure. you know how you're supposed to use a microphone? You know, um, like how you talk to your grandma. There you go. Um, so, uh, we're going out of that into a Behringer audio interface. It's the UMC404, Euphoria, um, which is a fairly inexpensive audio interface. I think the two-channel runs run around 80 bucks new. Um, I got the four-channel one because I was like, well, what if I ever have to record drums? Uh, which I've had to do never. But you're ready. Though. Yeah. And then just straight into the laptop out of that. Um, oh, I should say, audio interface takes mm-hmm. analog sounds and makes them digital. So it's a box that takes all the sound between the microphone and the computer for those yes. who are inexperienced. It also provides power to the microphone. Um it's uh, it's basically the equivalent of, like, you can't put a record on your computer, <laughs> but you can put a CD on your computer because it's already digital. That yeah. didn't make any... That made less sense than I wanted it to. Um, Turns it the just, physical sound waves into digital sound waves? Yes, there you go. Um, and that goes just into the computer, and we're recording in GarageBand. Uh, I always use the narration vocal preset. And I turn off the reverb, and that's pretty much it. We both got headphones on. Yes, we both have headphones on, because I feel like it helps. It helps. Well, first of all, it makes you feel like a, a real-life radio host. Yeah. So. Well, I think the thing with what's good about the headphones is that you're conscious of how much of your voice is coming through the microphone. Kind of. So... If you're not wearing headphones, you could either be like too close, and I'm now I'm like, yeah, like that blowing out the microphone, or if I'm like way back here, way the heck back there, way the heck back here, I can hardly hear myself, so it's not it's not coming through the microphone as well. So I think it's it's a good sort of self monitoring. Yeah, because when you're sitting at where you're supposed to be, it kind of I like I just don't really notice it so much. But when you do yeah. those extremes, you can tell that you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that makes sense. So once we do all that. Um, we use GarageBand, edit anything we need to, put the songs in and junk, and um, turn it into an MP3. And then we use a, a program, a site called Shout Engine, which you may have heard us mention before. It's not the best site in the world, but it has, you know, everything has pros and cons, and it does have some nice advantages in that it's free. I was going to say, the uh, the heavy pro is well, it's free. it's free, and... 
so so you need somewhere to host your audio and able to uh, in order to be able to send it to iTunes so that iTunes can pull the audio from somewhere basically. Yeah. And most places like if you did it straight through like WordPress like your website or th- something like SoundCloud, you have to pay for um how much uh, you know like what's the word I want? I guess as much time as you're using up, as much space as you're using yeah. up, bandwidth as you're using up. Um, that's the word I wanted. The thing about Shout Engine is that it doesn't charge you by, like, SoundCloud, you have to pay for anything over two hours. So we would only be able to host two hours, so that's basically less than two episodes for most of them mm-hmm. um, at a time. SoundCloud, no, um, Shout Engine... Um, it's it does it by how many downloads basically you get, so we wouldn't have to pay until we have like thousands of people listening, so that's helpful and it automatically submits to iTunes for you. Whereas if you did it through WordPress or something, you would need like a plugin that is the go between uh, to do that. But sound uh, why do I keep saying SoundCloud now? Shout Engine it's built right in, so we just upload the audio there. We upload the audio to our website in order to make like a blog post basically with the audio in it there for people that want to listen that way and to get it to iTunes we use Shout Engine which sends the information you put into there to iTunes for you. Mm-hmm. Um I also use a program called Hootsuite when I need to schedule like the when I post about our things of the week like in the middle of the week most of the time I schedule those ahead of time. So Hootsuite you can put in the text that you want and say, I want this to go to Facebook and Twitter at this time on this date and so it does it automatically for you. You don't have to like get on and post it manually. And I think that's about it. That's about everything we use. So, I mean, it's like slightly a process, but not too fancy, but not quite as basic as some people do it. Because some people are just like, I talk into my iPhone microphone yeah. and upload it. Um, so, I just, we're somewhere I, in the middle. I mostly just happen to have all this stuff for uh, recording purposes. And it's not, there's nothing fancy here. You know, no, I don't think I paid over a hundred dollars for any of the audio equipment. Like aside from the laptop, um, GarageBand is free on any Mac product. Mm-hmm. Uh, microphone was a hundred bucks. I think the interface. I think I paid a hundred bucks for maybe. Um, but you wouldn't need all of this to get started. If no, you absolutely so not. Yeah, we just we already uh, had it. So yeah, I know there's a lot of people that just like talk into their laptop. Yeah, and it just. They record it and it goes up. Yeah, and it's it's really not that bad. We do slightly more production than that, but not too much. Yeah, I think it's like a slight uptick in quality, but not like not a whole world of difference. Right. Just like enough. Yeah, we're not using three thousand dollar microphones or anything. Right. So so that's that. Um, Kay also wanted to know, like, she just asked, "Tell me about like your dream vacation. I Where would you go, or what kind of thing would you want to do, or what?" I don't like vacations. You want to go on a train trip through Scotland. That, I, okay. I would love to do that. Also through China. I think a train trip through China Ooh. would be, like, okay, this is how, if if it was an all expenses paid thing, I would take the time to fly to China just to go on the bullet train. <laughs> yes, that seems fair. Anything else? Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of the big one. Why trains? Because I love trains. There's something very romantic about trains mm-hmm. versus airplanes. Because uh, trains, you can see stuff. Yeah. But it needs to be like an old-timey train, where it's like I have my own little cabin. Right. So I can just sit and like look out the window and kind of watch the countryside go by. Yeah, like in Anastasia. Yes. 
Or Harry Potter. Yes. Uh, my dream vacation is I want to go to Greece. I want to go to Santorini where, like, all of the buildings are built into the, like, side of the hill. Oh, I would love to see That's that. That's yeah. where I want to go. That is my number one place. I have to go there before I die. That is my, my absolute dream. I think it'd be cool to see the pyramids. Yeah, probably. And I do kind of like the idea of, like, you can go to Machu Picchu. Yeah. Um, it's a freaking process to get there. I've, oh, like, I'm sure. I've, I've read enough about it and, like, heard a little bit from a couple people I sort of, acquaintances that mm-hmm. I've seen that have gone there. And I know it's, like, you have to, you know, you fly to, where is it? It's in Mexico, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, you you know, you fly to Mexico and then you take, like, a a bus to here and then you have to take, like, a car to here and then you have to, like, hike. Like, it's a lot to get there. No, thanks. But I do think it would be very cool to see. Well, yeah. Um, but that's a process and I don't know. I don't deal well with that kind of thing, so I don't know about that, but... I, I don't fare well in travel. Yeah, me either. Especially in cars. <laughs> Like, I just, after about an hour, I start to get really antsy. Yeah. And just uncomfortable. Yeah, it does suck. Um, I hate the process of traveling, but I don't mind, like, I want to be somewhere, but I hate the process of getting there. Yeah. It sucks. That's why we need bullet trains. You're correct. You're absolutely correct. I want bullet trains. I want them. They keep talking about they're going to put one Chicago to Columbus. Well, they better freaking get on it. And go. So, I think that's it for question time. Okay. So, thanks, Kay. You're a hero. If you, listener, want to send us some questions to answer on the next episode or sometime, uh, send them on over. You can email them to sleepingsituation at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Text us if you got our numbers. Send Carrier Pigeon. Telegram. Singing Telegram. Candygram. Christmasgram. No. What's a Christmas gram? I want one. Uh, so now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. It's Things of the Week. Things of the Week. Bop. Go ahead. I don't know if this is everyone's favorite segment. Yes, it is, because I say so every time, and that's why. <laughs> um, so this week, I watched My Cousin Vinny, which is the 80s lawyer movie, and it's really fun, and I really liked it. Is it a comedy? Yes. Okay, I thought <clears throat> so. It's uh, Joe Pesci. And uh, Ralph Macchio and uh, Marissa Tomei and uh, Herman Munster. Um, <laughs> As Herman Munster? No, just, he's it's Fred Gwynn. Just walks in. But he's just always Herman Munster. Um, I found this a uh, this uh, YouTube channel, which is actually kind of what led me to my cousin Vinny. It's called Legal Eagle, and he's like a lawyer guy that does... It's like reacts videos, which are super overplayed now. Um, but he like he'll look at like courtroom movies and like judge them on their realism and stuff, mm-hmm. which I love. Anytime anyone's talking about movies and they're like, "Yeah, that's right, that's wrong, this is wrong, this is right, this is interesting," I love that stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, you should watch. Um, have you ever seen Cinema Sins? Yes. I feel like you would like those. Yes. They're very long and very detailed. Yes. But like. Every goof, they're like, well, this song didn't come out until 1994, but this movie's set in 1993 oh, or something. You know what I mean? Is, like that, that makes kind of me stuff. so mad. 
that is the bare minimum of research that you yeah, have to do. Yeah, but I mean, that's the kind of thing that that channel, like, points out. They're, right. like, playing over a movie, and it's basically, like, pop-up facts come up. And, or, you know, anything that's like, yeah. well, there wouldn't have been a flight going from here to here direct because it's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the tiniest facts they pick out. Yeah. But anyway, please go ahead. Um, so that's really interesting. He did one on um, The Dark Knight and how many laws they're actually breaking. It's very interesting. Um, Ivy made my mother's cheesy ham chowder recipe, and I love it so much. Um, It was Halloween, which means it's again time for our annual uh, over-the-garden-wall screening. Yes. Uh, It's so good. I love that special so much. Ain't that just the way. Ain't that just the way. Um, Tame Impala's new record's coming out. Woo! I'm all sorts of excited. I haven't listened. They put out a couple singles. Um, I haven't listened to the newest one yet. Um, you can pre-order the vinyl, and it's $40. And it's like, I don't even know if I have $40. <laughs> uh, but I might need to pre-order the multicolored Tame Impala vinyl. Um, the Pedro the Lion documentary, Strange Negotiations, Strange Negotiations, is available for streaming on the 10th, I believe. Ooh. Um, I'm real excited for that. I've been waiting for it. They premiered it at Sundance. That's cool. And or maybe it was maybe it was South by Southwest. That seems more right. That seems more right. Um, but they've been doing like screenings sort of around the country, and I'm like, let me watch it. Um, so it comes out next week, and I'm real excited. Cool. Um, also, me and Ivy started watching Switchfoot. Or not watching. We were listening to some Switchfoot last night, and so then I had to go through and listen to Switchfoot again. And I might have ordered some vinyl. Uh, so it's coming. Which ones? I do, what, is it going to ruin the surprise if I tell you? Well, I didn't know it was a surprise. I guess I, I, guess I already told you that. I got Hello Hurricane, Yay. and I got Nothing Is Sound. Yay. I, I, I had Oh Gravity in my cart, <laughs> and then I saw the subtotal, and I was like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, it hurts a little bit. Records are expensive. So that one got dumped. Um... But the Hello, Hello Hurricane is blue, and I'm real excited. It's like transparent oh my gosh, blue. Yes. Um, and I just had to also get nothing in sound. Uh, so those are on the way. That sounds great. Um, I'll probably get Oh Gravity at some point. It's like transparent, like completely transparent. I think. Which you is, know, there is a a commemorative day coming up where someone may need to purchase a material object with which to bestow upon you. So, think about that before you buy things. <laughs> um, what to, wait a minute. I have, to, I have to check something real quick. I'm sorry, this is super, uh, super entertaining uh, dead air. Um, and uh, I promise that... Uh, better be worth it. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, no. Quick, we're losing them. Uh, what... Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. The Strange Negotiations doesn't come out until the 19th. I made a mistake. And now I'm angry because I thought it was next week. Oh, no. Um, that's all my things of the week. That's it? Yep. Okay. What are your things of the week? This week, my things of the week include... Mine are not very exciting this week, to be honest. Um, I made a playlist to go with my National Novel Writing Month novel. Uh, if you find me on Spotify, you can listen to it, or if you head over to my blog, ivyjuneblog.wordpress.com. 
<laughs> Wordpress. Uh, I put it in a post there. It's the the book is set at a beach, as I explained uh, last week. So a lot of the songs are fairly beachy, but also uh, a lot of them have like themes or you know sort of atmospheres or moods that match up with how I see the story going in my head. And it's in order of like this is the song. It, basically, if it was a movie, like this is the song that would be playing on the opening credits, and this is the song that would be playing when this happens, and like it goes in order. Um, so I've been listening to that. Um, also, still watching Avatar voraciously. And everybody should. Also, I tweeted uh, something very clever, I thought, and I said the knee-jerk reaction when you uh, recognize Mark Hamill's voice in a cartoon is a unifying human experience, and Mark Hamill himself favorited my tweet. We're best friends now, <laughs> and nothing can ever change this. It's I'm so excited. I love it. Uh, like, the fact that he... You know, I like I mentioned him in it directly, so like right. it would have gone straight to him. But he liked it. I literally had two likes, and he liked it. Like it's not yeah. even like it was a, a viral tweet, and he's like, "Ha ha, that's about me." Yeah, a tweet with two likes, and he liked it. Yeah, like I'm I'm touched. It was very I mean, nice. He's also the kind of guy that you know he reads that stuff. I yeah, I mean at least a lot of it, I bet. Yeah. Um, but I found that very cool. Uh, another thing. Uh, this was a recommendation from. Question Asker K. So thank you for this. <laughs> Question Asker K. Uh, she turned me on to the Trello app, and Trello is basically a like task manager platform. Some people use it for like businesses, or you can use it for like personal to do lists and junk. Basically, it is like a it's you can get it as an app like on your phone, or you can use it like on desktop. And I've been using it to basically make lists of, like, character names and the scenes I want to write and stuff for this book. Because usually I end up with, like, one very long Word document that I can't find crap in. Uh, with, like, notes of, like, this is the outline of the scenes and this is everybody's name that I can go back and look at this side character's name when I forget what it is. So I don't confuse myself because I call them two different names or something. Um, so that's been helping me in that. It's not, like, the perfect thing for that because it's not really what it's designed for. It's mostly designed for, like... You know, if you use it in an office, like, these are all the tasks. You know, you make, like, one big section, so it's it's called, like, a card or something. Mm-hmm. And you would put, like, you know, project one. And then you can put a to-do list under project one, and people can check off when the thing is done. And you can put notes in there under... So everybody that needs something for project one, it's all in one place. So I've just been using it as, like, an outlining thing, just so that I have something that I can access from anywhere with the information about what I'm writing so I can get to it wherever and that's a little bit more organized than just me making one list or typing it out in a word doc um so that's been useful i wanted to also mention this site that i came across from like an instagram ad somehow and it's called g2 reviews and basically i don't really know that much about it but basically i just um um you can like write a review of like a business software and for the first several reviews you write they'll give you an Amazon or a Starbucks gift card for, like, 5 or $10. And so I got, like, $10 to Starbucks that I actually used today, and I got, like, $35 to Amazon just for, like, writing reviews of, like, the software I use at work, so, like, Slack or, mm-hmm. like, um, Skype or uh, some other ones that only businessy people would know, so, like, I don't... I'm not going to mention them here, but, like, it's they want to know, like, how you use it professionally, so you have to, like, have a screenshot that shows that, like... I use this at work, and, like, this is me signed into my account. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But if you have something like that, everybody should look it up because you can get gift cards. This sounds like I was paid to say this and I wasn't. <laughs> I just want everybody to know that you can get Amazon gift cards for filling out a short review. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to like rate it and say, like, I use it this often and this is the good things about it and whatever. Um, also, I've been drinking kombucha, as I said last week, and I just wanted to say that the brand is called GT's, like the letters GT, but then like possessive GT's, uh, must be somebody's initials or something. Uh, I've had the cranberry and I've had like the pink guava and they're both pretty tasty and I like them. And finally, I wanted to give a shout out to the Google Photos app because iCloud is a scam and Google Photos will let you save all of your photos for free. So if you don't want to pay to use more iCloud to back up your iPhone photos, just download the Google Photos app and you can literally back up all of your photos for free. Because iCloud wants to charge you money to use your phone. And it sucks. And I hate it. So that's it. That's my advice. So things of the week. I'm going back to a landline. (laughs) I was just saying the other day that I got really nostalgic, like, laying in bed thinking about my slide-up phones with the keyboards. Mm -hmm. I miss that. Like, I miss the satisfying, like, of, like, sliding up my phone and then, like, click, 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 type, 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 and then closing it. I mean, it's like if I didn't use my phone so much for work and like band promotion stuff i i'm at the point where i'm like i'm totally fine not having it i would yeah. miss instagram but that's pretty much it where would you get your prequel memes uh, that's why i said i <laughs> miss instagram i mean really the big thing for me is having a gps in there oh my god i would i don't know how people did it 10 years ago yeah i wouldn't have been able to drive anywhere i don't like i'm glad I don't know how I did it before. I had to print stuff out for, like, the first couple of years because I didn't have a smartphone until, like, 2012. But, like, how did people live? It, like, that sounds dramatic, but, like, I can't imagine having to go somewhere and not having a GPS. Or, like, trying to go somewhere and be able to call my mom or you or whatever, like, whenever I need to. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine that. It's so weird. That's just, like, the way that my brain has been wired, you know? And I don't think that's a bad thing, but, like, because, like, how much more convenient is it now that you can, like, call somebody from anywhere? But, like, yeah. anyway. So, uh, ready to move on? Well, I just, we had a live question come in. Oh, I'm shocked. It's Uh, too late. Question time is over. You get nothing. No, we can go ahead. Okay. Uh, Anna asks, uh, quick opinion on CCR. The band? Yeah, I, I assume. I like them. They have a lot of good singles. I don't know, like, their deep cuts much. Um, I like them. Yeah, I think they're, like, maybe one of the more underrated rock bands, especially from, like, that 60s kind of era. Um, they have a lot of songs on radio, but there was some sort of weird, um, uh, like contractual thing that they that somebody did something nasty mm-hmm. and all of their stuff is in the public domain now that's why it's in so many like movies and commercials that's why it's in so many commercials and, and that's I, what makes them seem cliche right it's, and overplayed. it's cheapened them like a lot but if you listen to the deep cuts they're like a really good rock band i mean i even like all the singles and stuff i like most like, of them down on the corner i'm not super a fan of down on the corner. um fortunate son 
Banger. So good. Uh, Born on the Bayou. Banger. Banger. Uh, the 15-minute version of Herded Through the Grapevine. Mm-hmm. Banger. I mean, I like their Proud Mary better. I mean. Than the, uh, what is it, Tina Turner or yeah. something? I don't super love that song. Um, I like their version I, better. Tina Turner ruined that song for me. Wasn't uh, hers first or was theirs first? No, I think theirs is the original version. Is it? I think so. Oh, well, anyway. I was thinking hers was for some reason. Well, now I don't know. Oh, now. I don't. Is, this is the other side. This is the curse of having information at our fingertips at all times. I love knowing things, but also we have to well, look up I everything. Don't, I don't want to be spreading misinformation. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Proud Mary. It's a rock and roll song written by John Fogarty, first okay. recorded by his band Credence, Credence Clearwater <laughs> Revival. Good. There you go. There we go. Uh, let's move on. Yes. Thank you, Anna. All right. Now it's uh, review time. Um, this week, mm-hmm. uh, this week we are reviewing um, a classic Disney movie. And when we say classic, we mean, like, for real. Um Classic, quintessential Disney live action. Uh, we are reviewing the 1968 uh, Love Bug, and I am excited. I had never seen it before. Matt had seen it. I've seen this movie so many times, <laughs> and I said, how have you made it this far in life without seeing the Love Bug? And Ivy said, because I didn't grow up in your house. And I was like, oh, that's fair. <laughs> I think most people are, are that way. Um, if you're not hip to the Love Bug franchise... Uh, the love I mean, who hasn't seen Herbie fully loaded with Lindsay Lohan? That's uh, the cat sh- is having a time. Um, the Love Bug uh, centers around a race car driver uh, who happens upon a Volkswagen Beetle um, that is seemingly alive or has semi-sentient abilities, um, and he ends up racing the Beetle because it goes really fast. The little car. The little car. Um, and that's pretty much it. And his name's Herbie. Herbie. The car. The car's name is Herbie. Yeah, that's about it. Um, so I, I did a little bit of, um, a little bit of reading. This is actually the last live action movie that Walt Disney had a hand in. Oh, wow. Um, do you know the last cartoon movie he had a hand in? Yes, but now I'm gonna, is Aristocats? Jungle Book. (sighs) Yeah. I knew that at one point. Yep. Um, I also learned that the movie is based on a book, hmm. and in the book it is not specified what kind of car it is. Oh. That's why they always call it the little car, because it's just oh. this kind of... Like it doesn't matter that it's a beetle? No. It's it's just meant to be... The, the point of it is is that it is not a car that should go as fast as it does. Yeah. So it's just a little clunky kind of, uh, you know, sedan small kind of around the town sort of car and they mm-hmm. said that they actually had auditions for <laughs> the car um there was like a yugo the beetle <laughs> a couple toyotas i think huh. like a honda civic in, or might have been like early honda mm-hmm. and they said that the reason that they one of the reasons that they went ended up going with the volkswagen is one because it looks the cutest yes and, yeah, it has, like, personality. Right. And uh, and they said that people were going up to it and, like, petting it and, like, pat, Aww, patting it. It was so cute yeah. that they wanted to touch it. <laughs> yeah, because everybody loves beetles. Yeah. So they they said that's part of the... It, it has the charm that it's, like, 
As if it's like a dog or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has that sort of kind of charm to it. And that's so they, they said that that's, it's never specified in the book what kind of car it is. It's actually never specified in the movie what kind of car it is. Yeah, that, see, that's why I was wondering, because they always call it the little car. Right. And they call it, like, the bug one time. Yeah. The love bug. They call it that one time, I think. Um, and I thought that maybe it was, like, a problem, like, they couldn't say Volkswagen yes. for, like, copyright or whatever. Volkswagen didn't want to be a part of it. Gotcha. Um, and so if you look, actually, because on Volkswagens, there's an emblem on the hood. Yeah. It's covered over. Yeah, I, I saw that. And I wonder where that they never say Volkswagen, but they said that the only two times that you see it is on the brake pedals um, and the ignition key has a mm, Volkswagen logo on it. Gotcha. Um, but they said, funnily enough, in the second and third movies, they do call it a Volkswagen. Because, Probably because the first one did good enough. Because the first one did so well. Yeah. And they said that Beatles sales were slipping. Um, it was those came out in about seventy four. Free advertising, which is when the when they really started the sales started to drop off. So they they included that it was a Volkswagen Beetle in it. That's which fun. I think it's fun. Um, so opening statements. Um, very silly movie, and some of it did not age well, but overall a fun time. Um, I said this movie's so much fun. I love this movie. There are a few things that didn't age great. Yeah. Um. It is from the 60s, uh, so you have to kind of keep that sort of in mind. But Right. I mean, for the most part, it's it's just pretty, it's just fun. It's a fun movie. It's pretty fun. It is, yeah. So what things do you like about it? Um, it's, like... This was like, I watched this movie so many times when I was younger. It holds up surprisingly well, because I'd forgotten a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the gags still play really well. Um, yeah. Uh, the one scene where he, he tries to drive Herbie up on the interstate, and Herbie gets scared, so he puts himself in reverse and drives backwards <laughs> down the... It's so funny. Yeah. Um, and when he hits the Rolls Royce and just bounces backwards. Yeah. Like, that's hilarious to me. Um there's enough action in it that it keeps it interesting. It's not just, like, a comedy where, like, funny stuff is happening. There's actually, like, stakes and, uh, you know, like, something bad could happen. And so they have to sort of overcome that. Yeah. It's not just, it's, there's plot to it. It's not just kind of an empty comedy. Yeah, I would agree. Um, who doesn't love Volkswagens? Probably people that have to work on Volkswagens, but everybody loves Volkswagen Beetles. You can't convince me otherwise. Um, it's wonderfully 1960s. It has, like, mm-hmm. think of, like, think of the word groovy, and that's what this movie looks like. <laughs> it's a groovy movie. It is a groovy movie. Um, she wears, like, striped dresses. Like, I like an extremely movie. groovy movie. Thank you. Better. Um, there's, like, hippies. Uh, the one line is that the guy's been spending too much time at the hate Ashbury scene, which I thought was great. Because he's like, I swear that car, like, moved on its own mm-hmm. or something, he says. And the guy goes, you need to get off the hate Ashbury beat. Yeah. Like, that's that's a good joke. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, uh, it's, like I said, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it's kind of so fun that I don't care. <laughs> What did uh, what uh, did, did you like about it? Um, I agree that like the 
the dialogue and the humor both work pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think like it's well written dialogue um, in a lot of ways, and it's a unique premise that's a lot of fun. Like I feel like it feels like oh the car is magic or alive or whatever feels cliche now, but it's because this started it. Yeah, I would imagine for the most part. Um, so it's cool to see like this was probably the first sort of iteration of something like that. Yeah, and like I think for how um, like ambitious that sort of is, especially for like it was in the sixties, almost the seventies mm-hmm. or so. I think it's pretty well shot, like all the stunts or whatever you yeah, want to call them. I was like just, I was wondering how they did some stuff, yeah. and so I would like to learn more about how they like made the car drive on its own, or like how they shot. You know, did they shoot it in reverse and then you know, or like shoot yeah. it regular and then play it in reverse or whatever? Um, so I think that's interesting, and I do think they pulled it off pretty well. Most of it doesn't look too um, bad or cheesy. Yeah, I don't think. So um, most of the effects are actually pretty good. Yeah, the only thing is like. You know how in old movies you can tell when they're not actually driving because the background is just, like, well, a separate... Yeah. But, I mean, it's not even that bad. No, the, it's really I don't even not. think it's that bad. Um, so, you know, I think it was pretty well shot, well directed, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Um, it's a nice, like, time capsule of the decade in a lot of ways. Um, Carol, the female character, she is, like, a car saleswoman but also like kind of a mechanic like she's just like a lady that's like really into cars Mm -hmm. and i think she's an interesting character first to start off with like i really liked her Mm -hmm. and she was like a fairly well-written character and like an interesting lady so that was good um great outfits her outfits are so good the whole movie um i also thought that the character Tennessee, which was the main character's sort of roommate, best friend, comic relief character, I thought he was pretty funny, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. him. And I thought they did a really good job of, like, actually giving Herbie personality, Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, I, I believed that it, like, that it had feelings, you know, for, like, the span of the movie. So I think they did a good job with all the, like, the choices they made in order to make it seem like the car really was kind of a person, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, it has Mr. Banks from Mary Poppins. And I thought I was going to be like, cause I, I realized who it was pretty quick. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's, he's in Mary Poppins. And I thought I was going to be like the cool person who realized who he was. And Matt was like, yeah, he's in all these movies. And I went, oh, he's in, I, I don't know if he's in all of them, but I mean, I mean a it, lot, the, the character is so similar, right? It's just like a stodgy old man. I mean, it very well could be the same character. Yeah. It could like, have just been Mr. Banks. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I mean, he was a pretty good, I mean, I guess he's the villain, Yeah, you know? Uh, he was a pretty good villain, I would say. Like, you got to know him and, like, why he was being a jerk the way he was, mm-hmm. sort of. So, I think it, that was well done, too, I guess. Um, and that's about it. So, what grievances have you to air? Um, the theme song is... They play it too many times, and it's stuck in my head. Yeah. And it's still stuck in my head, and it will be forever now. Um, and that's not great. <laughs> I mean, it's, sure. it's a very 60s theme song, too. Like, all, it's like a Partridge family kind of thing. <laughs> um, the whole sequence where Herbie beats up the Ferrari and then drives off in the nighttime is so sad. Like, I I blocked that part of the movie out of my brain, because mm-hmm. I remember, like, just sitting and 
bawling. Oh, as a, <laughs> I mean, it is pretty sad. Like they're gonna beat him. He runs away, and then they're gonna kill him. They're literally gonna like smash him. Yeah, yeah. And then he's gonna kill himself. Like that's yeah. so sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, spoilers. Oh, it, it, statute of limitations on spoilers. <laughs> um, like I feel like for such a family friendly movie, like that's really heavy. Yeah. Like they've established that this car is like a person and it has a character and a personality, and then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna kill him." Like, a lot. And they, I mean, he gets, like, real beat up and, like, all the windows are smashed and stuff. It's, like, really sad. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that part until it started (laughs) and then I was having, like, flashbacks. (laughs) Like, the whole thing where he's just running around in the fog. Yeah. It's like, I remember that and I was like, oh, no. Right. I forgot the sad part. Even though the the whole the scene where Tennessee's upstairs like smashing on a hammer and then he mm-hmm. comes down and the sound's still going, I thought was really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, that whole thing is is far too sad for any family movie, and it's still sad for me now. Also, a better story than Pixar's Cars, and the car doesn't Absolutely. have to talk. Absolutely, <laughs> like that's, better emotional arc. <laughs> that's the other thing about. Um, that I think that makes this movie interesting, especially compared to, like, the new ones, um, is that it is, like, a sentient car, kind of, and it has emotions and, like, Mm -hmm. character, but it's not really doing anything that a car can't actually do. Exactly. It's, it's sort of, I mean, it, okay, you can't take a Volkswagen, it, Volkswagen Beetle would not go 90 miles an hour, (laughs) and if it could, it couldn't take those turns. It would just, boop, 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 right over. Sure. Um. But, but like, a the, car in general yeah, could do all the things that it does. Right. It's not like, you know... I, like, he can talk, or, like, he can, right. you know... Like, it can understand you, but it can't talk to you. Right. And it's like, its parts don't do non-car things. Yeah. Like, it, it's not jacking itself up in the air on its suspension. Yeah, it just it just spits oil on you when it doesn't like you. Right, which is funny. Yeah. Um... And gets drunk. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to... I should have mentioned that. I love the scene where it gets drunk. Yeah. The uh, the villain puts Irish whiskey or whatever. Irish coffee. Yeah. Into, like, the gas tank. Mm-hmm. And Herbie gets drunk and can't race. It's very funny. Um... That was an I like I remember that when it ha- when he's spitting out the 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 whipped the cream. The foam, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, that's like that was a very clever like plot point. That yeah. was a very clever scene. Um which is like probably accurate. If you filled up a car's gas tank with coffee, it would probably not run too well. Um But that's that's really my only kind of grievances, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's not pulp fiction. It's it is a Disney family movie, right? So you have to kind of take the you know the storyline and stuff with a grain of salt. But for the most part, it's fine. Yeah. Like it's there was not much where I was like, oh, they really should have done that, or they really should have done this. Like, right? It did its job. Yeah. Uh, do you have any grievances? I should add that the computer was making a lot of noise. Um, so so I, we put it in timeout. I set it on the floor sideways. Um, <laughs> so that, uh, to teach it a lesson. Well, it's, it ventilates better that way, too, I guess. To 
uh, publicly humiliate it. Yes. Here on the air. Um, do you have any grievances of which to air? Yeah, I got a few. Uh, Carol is a good character. She's also the only female in the entire movie. This is accurate. This is accurate. I understand. Well, that's not true. There's the waitress at... There's the waitress at the drive-in restaurant. Yep. Does it pass the Bechdel test? The only thing she says to Carol is, like, she thinks she's, like crawling on top of Jim, the main character whose name we haven't mentioned, to, like, kiss him or something. So I don't think it passes the Bechdel test because we don't know the waitress's name, and the only thing she says to her is, like, hey, keep your hands to yourself kind of thing. So that's the only other female in the movie. So I am proven wrong that there is another woman. She does exist. Not quite enough. (laughs) Um, There are some racial stereotypes that are perpetuated in the movie that aren't great. Also true. Um, It was the 60s, I get it. That part is the part that didn't age well. That's what there is to say about it. However, I will say that they made one really good joke. So, there's one race that's in Mexico, and, like, the Mexican people are not portrayed in a great they're just it's just very stereotypical. They don't say anything bad, but it's just a very stereotypical lazy yeah. joke basically. Um and then there are uh is he Japanese? No, it's he's Chinese. He's Chinese because yeah. they go through Chinatown there in San Francisco. Yeah. Um and basically Herbie crashes into some guy's fruit stand market thing and uh that's part of the whole plot that they have to figure out how they're going to pay this guy back. Mm-hmm. Um and so they take it to the police and the joke is that uh he can't speak English. And so he can't understand, but uh, Tennessee can speak Chinese because of time he spent overseas. Mm-hmm. So he's speaking, like, broken Chinese to this guy trying to explain why Herbie is special and why they want to keep him and they don't want to have to, like, sell him to pay him back or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he does all this in Chinese, but then uh, something comes up uh, and Jim's like, okay, well, like, let's make it worth his while. Like, mm-hmm. let's make him a deal. And then he reveals that he actually knew English the whole time because he's like, now that's something I can get on board with or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said. Now you're speaking my language yeah. is what he says, isn't it? I think so. Something now you're like speaking that. my Yeah. So I was like, that's, that's a clever joke, like about, mm-hmm. you know, t- two people with a language barrier between them, but actually there wasn't. Yeah. I was like, that's a good joke. The rest of the jokes are not good. They're super stereotypical and not, and lazy They're, and bleh. Yeah. It's it's not as bad as it could have been. No, and I agree, but it's just like lame. Yeah, because you're like are, that is the easiest, lamest, clichéest jokes you listen, can make. Listen, the whole scene at the gas station though is great. Yeah, like that's pretty funny. The carry, it's like the the bad guys, um, uh, Mister, what's his name, Thorndike. Yeah. Um, his car's in there. And this, like, ancient Chinese man is filling up the gas tank. And it's, like, going so slow. It's filling up so slow. Mm-hmm. And he tries to drive away. And they've chained him to, <laughs> to the gas pump. And so the old man just kind of hobbles over and just puts <laughs> the pump back in. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's great. Um, and the only other thing I was going to say is that... I liked the start of the movie better than I liked the end because it gets progressively wackier as it goes. And by the end, it was too much for me. I was like, there is just so much silliness going on by the end that, like, it was was one silly thing after another and it just felt like too much. 
I guess it's the only way I can think to put it. And, like, I stopped I stopped believing, like, it became too cartoonish for the movie that it started out as, that I stopped, like, believing that all of it could, that that's how it would happen, I guess. And I know that it's, like, obviously it's not real, it's just a movie. Right. I guess it was just too much I mean, that's a end. good point. Because it, it kept getting, like, just more and more ridiculous, the things that the Thorndike guy was doing to try and cheat and win the race. Like, just... Mm-hmm. Would he really go to all this length to do all these, like, ridiculously detailed things to screw with Herbie? Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to change the road signs, and we're going to do this, and we're going to mess up your map, and we're going to loosen your screws on the wheels, and we're going to, like, it was too much. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> your car is going to break in half, and the back end of the car is going to win the race in front of the front end of the car. I mean, theoretically. It's kind of cool, but I was just like, there was just so much going on around it that I couldn't appreciate. Yeah. They should have picked and choose the funny moments a little better, I think. Yeah. Just because it didn't start out quite that wacky, and it escalated too much. Yeah, it starts out fairly normal. It is not like a, like a, like a even curve. It is a, a harsh bell curve. That's true. To the end. That's So I think true. that was a little weird, but... I think that's it. So, what kind of rating would you give it out of 10? Um, I said, maybe this is just nostalgia, but I love this movie so much. It makes me so happy. Yeah. Just like uh, uh, warm cookies and uh, blankets happy. <laughs> um, it's, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it's so much fun, I kind of don't care. Like, it gets a pass because I'm just entertained the whole time. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's fun. The whole movie is fun. I, I gave it, like, a solid nine. Really? I that love much? this movie. I would give it, like, a seven. I, uh, I would watch it again, and I had an overall good time. It's not going to be my favorite movie ever. No. But I do think it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, this is the only one worth watching. Uh, the second one is I remember liking also, but it's very different. Mm. Um, it's it's way more just like Herbie is alive and doing his own stuff. Like oh. it's kind of it's kind of strange. Um, but uh, yeah, good stuff. Review review. If you haven't seen this movie, you have to see this movie. It's it's required watching. You must. Um, okay. So that leaves us with one more segment to go, and it's game time. It's game time. So this week, we're going to do a top five, which is the game where we rank the top five of something to the best of our ability. I believe this is the, the first time we've ever done the same top five twice, kind of. I kind of... Uh, I think so. So, we did a thing last year when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees came out. If We said uh, which five should make it in. And did that as, like, a top five. And with the list being out now for next year, for the 2020 inductees, we thought we would do it again. Because it's a different list with, I think, some of the same. I was gonna a couple s- of the same <laughs> I uh, guarantee... Entries. Some of the the bands that I said should have been in 20 years ago last year, I'm saying should have been in 20 years ago this year. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We all know that it doesn't matter. It's just a popularity thing. But I'm still mad about it. <laughs> but they should do a better job. Yeah. 
so basically, we looked at the list of the how many fifteen or twenty. Uh, the list like 15. Uh, that they put out, and we both wrote down our top five. Mine aren't necessarily ranked. I just wrote down five. Oh. Uh, I don't remember if we did. I feel like that's what we did last time. Mine are, I guess they're kind of ranked. Um, so. Okay. So the my ranking is rough, but anyway, these are the five that should be in. I think you should go first. I will go first. Um, so. Actually. What? Should I go first? If you want to. You know more than me. Okay. Maybe I should go first. I'm excited to see what you have to say. Um, I don't know rock and roll history nearly as much as you do. Okay. Uh, so I feel a little like I don't have as, I probably don't have as much to say as you do, and my reasons are maybe not as solid and thought out as you will have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I want to go first. Okay. <laughs> uh Number five, I went with Soundgarden, uh, just because I think if all their contemporaries are in there, they're just as important as Pearl Jam or whatever. Uh, you know, the, the bands that came out around the same time, I think they had a heavy influence on the same kinds of people, so it seems like they should they deserve the same honor, um, if that makes sense. Um, they probably haven't been eligible for that long, right? Is this the first year? Or no, because I, I been... look, they've... They've been eligible a couple years now. Because they were, like, 90s, right? Yeah, they were slightly, I think even slightly earlier than, like, Nirvana. Yeah? Yeah. Because how many years is it? 25? Yeah. Since your first release? Or is it 20? It is, it's 25. Right. Because Radiohead just got in last year. Or they were just eligible last year. And Pablo Honey came out in 93, I think. Yeah, so... I guess two years. The band has to be as old as me this year, (laughs) which is fun. So anyway. Anywho. um, Cool. So then number four, I went with Pat Benatar, because I think she's like a rock and roll guitar lady, and we should recognize more of those. Absolutely. (laughs) That's the extent of my... I mean, I think she's good. I like some of her songs. I mean, I don't know her songs that well, but like... Didn't Sister Rosetta Tharp just get in last year or something? Something ridiculous. I... Like, it's stupid. (laughs) Yeah. I think maybe two years or something, but yeah, I don't think it's been that long. Dumb. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Maybe we're mad over nothing, because I don't remember exactly, but anywho. Um, And like... Pat Benatar is a huge name. Everybody knows who that is. When you think of, like, guitar ladies, she's, like, going to be one of the top, at least well-known ones. I don't know if she's the best guitar player or not, but, like, everybody knows her, and that's what she's known for, so she should be recognized. Um, Number three, I went with T-Rex, and I think it's because of what I've learned from you is that they're sort of the band that all of your favorite bands were inspired by, and that's the kind of band that should be in the hall, I think. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't necessarily be... Like, it doesn't matter who sold the most records. Like, that, maybe that matters a little bit. Because it, it, you know, that says something, too. But, like, the fact that people cite them as an influence all the time, that's, like, what makes the history. So, that yeah. would be my thought. Uh, my number two, I went with MC5. Because you told me the same thing. <laughs> and I just... 
like that's the reason I put it because I don't I didn't know about them mm-hmm. I know only know what you told me about them but like what you said is right so I'll let you talk about it because I'm sure you're going to and uh, number one is Whitney Houston huge like she had an impact on like vocalists from all genres like just a huge star she had just the greatest voice in the range yeah I think she should be in there so that's my list Okay. Um, so I'd like to preface my list with saying, um, did I already say this? Did I say the Rock Hall's bullshit? Yes. Okay. Well, I'd like to say it again. Um, firstly, I think they should officially change the title and just make it the American Popular Music Hall of Fame. Right, because it's not just rock anymore. Right. Or it should just be the Popular Music Hall of Fame. Like, it's... Yeah. Miles Davis is in there. Of course, Miles Davis is way more rock and roll than a lot of people that are also in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, They'll never change it, though. I, I, it's, it's very strange to me. And I think what's happening is they're running out of artists, so they keep widening the sort of definitions of what qualifies you for... Yeah. But it's like, then you should change it. It shouldn't just be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It should be the Hall of Fame of... The Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, popular music. But again, they're running out of people. Um, Somebody didn't think about that 20 years ago. Right. Um, I think it's it's doing a disservice to a lot of music that's been important and influential to lump it all in with this sort of broader rock and roll thing. Yeah. Like, there should be a hip-hop Hall of Fame. Yeah. I like, mean, maybe there is. I don't even an know. An official hip-hop, separate from the Rock Hall. Yeah. That should be a thing. Yeah. There should be, I'm sure there is a Country Music Hall of Fame. There is. Um, I f- is that in Nashville? It's probably. I think it is. Um, it's It's weird to me that all of those... Get and like jazz, there should be a jazz hall of fame. Right. All of those people get lumped into the rock hall, which I think is strange. Yeah, um, that's just. I mean, it's just a matter of labels and. Um, but um, when I was thinking about sort of who I think should be in, um, it was mostly like. I don't know the exact criteria that they look at. For um, eligibility, I guess. Um, but I, I think it's something along the lines of, you know, you have to make a significant contribution mm-hmm. to music as a whole. And my thing is, I guess, to be put up on that pedestal, you have to have influenced subsequent generations after you. Yeah. Like, you like that is the impact that right, you have to make. Right. You have to have a lasting impact. Not just like, wow, everyone really liked this song. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot with the bands that I have in here, it makes me so mad that bands that came after them that did the same thing are in the rock hall and they're not. Yeah. That's because they're bigger names or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It's Or more recognizable or exactly. whatever. Um, I think it should be, it should come from a point of like, this band did something that no band before it has ever done. And that changed the course of rock music. Yeah. Like, they need to look more at that. Because the amount of bands that aren't in the rock hall that should be is ridiculous. Well, and when you think about it, like, it's arbitrary that they only let in five every year. Like, 
Yeah. They could have, all of these nominees could get in. Like, why do they do that? Yeah, I don't... Like, what, like we're going to nominate you, but then not let you in? Like, why does it right. matter? I guess, like, they're trying to make it a prestigious thing, but, like, what is it going to hurt if you put in 15 instead of 5? Because you know that you that they're good enough, and that's why yeah. they're nominees. Um, I do... See, right? that's the other thing, is that I don't consider Whitney music rock music. Whitney Houston rock music. Whitney music? Whitney music, yeah. Whitney no, music. I mean, I don't either. But I mean, she's. But with the way that it's been going, I think. Yeah, I mean, her her like influence is undeniable. Right. But to put that person in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think is ridiculous. They need to change it. That's what they need to do. Is they need to acknowledge what it is. Yeah. And make it the. I just think like the way it is now. That's all I was thinking about. But it's you know Alan Freed, Cleveland, whatever. (laughs) Um, all right, so enough of me uh, talking. And we are kind of lucky that it's like right here in Cleveland. Yeah, that is kind of nice. Like I've been there uh, like three or four times. Yeah, on to more me talking. Um, <laughs> number five, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. I, I'm not a Nine Inch Nails fan per se. Um, I think the way that Reznor combined electronic and rock music into this new kind of dark industrial thing is like really kind of revolutionary and groundbreaking mm-hmm. um he like wanted to make keyboards cool <laughs> so, so he started he yeah. wrote all that music um and like obviously like he, again the influence is the sort of spectrum yeah. and i think just i mean really just the way that he sort of composed music and um combined different genres together i think is kind of it's worth him being in there so that's number five number five i I didn't feel super strongly about i think he should be in there for his sort of lasting contribution Mm -hmm. um the next four i'm gonna i will punch people (laughs) um number four is motorhead how is motorhead not in the rock and roll hall of fame i don't let me tell you something somewhere jack black is really mad about that um metallica is in the rock and roll hall of fame Mm-hmm. I'm sure of it. No Motorhead, no Metallica. How did that, where did the slip up in communication happen there? Yeah, I don't know. James Hetfield will tell you that he was trying to be Motorhead. For now, like, but what did you tell me last night? I don't remember. That Lemmy wouldn't have showed up, so they had to wait until he died. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, Lemmy would have not liked that. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> He's like, that's dumb. Give me a drink. I'm going gambling. Um, Motorhead needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Motorhead invented thrash metal. Those are facts. <laughs> I You can't argue with me. Um, number three is Soundgarden. I think as far as like the sort of Seattle grunge thing, Nirvana gets stuck up on a thing because they brought it to the people. Mm-hmm. Um but as far as songwriting, um, influence within that genre, just putting out really great records, consistently great records, um, Soundgarden is like the band. It's like they just didn't have like like the the individual personality that Nirvana had, and that's probably why, you know? Yeah. Like they didn't have Kurt Cobain, it's just because of who he was. Right. Um also, they didn't have the hit. Yeah. That's what happened, is that Smells Like Teen Spirit came out, 
and it, it blew up, mm. and then people were like, oh, grunge music. Whereas, like, I mean, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, for sure, are way more influential in that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that Nirvana would have happened without those two bands. Probably not. Correct me if I'm... I'm that might have been speculation, but you couldn't tell me. Somebody can tell me. Um, number two is T-Rex. Uh, all, of your ba- all of your favorite bands love T-Rex. Right. Um, they were sort of like one of the first glam rock bands. Um, so it's like, you know, if you... Again, you look at David Bowie, Kiss, um, Prince... Yeah. Prince might be a stretch. Um, but that sort of, uh, it's, they, they're like one of the first early glam rock bands. There are also great songwriters. Mm-hmm. Mark Boland is a great songwriter and he knew how to write catchy hooks and he's influenced every generation of bands after him. How are they not in the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because they didn't Ridiculous. ask you. Because nobody asked me. Um, and the number one band that should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is MC5. I this I don't understand. They've been up five times. I don't know. If the Ramones are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the Stooges are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the MC5 needs to be in the Rock and That's Roll. That's like Hall. an SAT question. It's <laughs> I it it's it's crazy to me that like. The Clash, Sex Pistols, Ramones are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Direct backwards lineage. Stooges, MC5. <laughs> Somebody wasn't thinking. I just, Somebody wasn't thinking. It's it's stupid to me. Hopefully this year's the year. Ugh. We'll just have to see. I mean, for Kick Out the Jams, they should be in for that song alone. <laughs> if that was the only song they ever released... They get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right. Right now, right now, it's time to kick out the jams, motherfucker. <laughs> and this is our explicit episode. <laughs> what you swear way more on this podcast than I do. I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing. All right. Me. I'm sorry I said a bad word. That's um, okay. We got to get out of here. We, we had yeah. a lot of opinions today. I and have I so many opinions. If you want to talk to Matt more about his music opinions, hit us up. Uh, call me, and I, <laughs> you'll regret it. So uh, that's going to do it for us. Tell us who you think should be in the Rock Hall. Nominees or not. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. And we have new episodes every Monday, so wherever you're listening to this, come on back next week and we'll have more for you. Uh, Do us a subscribe, do us an email, do us a social media message, and uh, you could be part of the next show. Uh, Use your voice. Also, vote. It's this week. Oh. November 5th. Go vote. Good. Uh, Yes. And um, that's it. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye.